hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host for another episode. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week, and we get to know our guests. It is episode 114 of the Weekly Cooldown. It is January 15th. My birthday was last week. Happy birthday to me. I'm a full 28 years old now. Thank you very much. It will um, be every year for the rest of your life. <laughs> God, <laughs> yes, I'll be 28 forever. Um, no, I'm not afraid of aging. Um, like some people who will wow. remain nameless. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, we had a, we had a, a interesting week last week, but we also have an interesting week this week. And we're going to, uh, learn all about it when I, when I, uh, do my headlines, which is going to be right now. Rumors about Grand Theft Auto 6 have begun to surface all of a sudden. In case you've forgotten, GTA 5 came out in the September of 2013 and is now on eight platforms, including PC. The latest rumors suggest that GTA 6 is still a ways out, potentially releasing in 2022 or 23. Additionally, the rumors seem to point to a return to Vice City as well as the potential for a playable female protagonist, which, if true, would mark the first protagonist that is not a man in the Grand Theft Auto series. Again, we do not know much about when the game will come out, but we expect that it is in development for the PS5, the Xbox Series S and X, and possibly PC. Capcom has announced a new Resident Evil showcase on January 21st. The broadcast promises to show a new trailer for the upcoming Resident Evil Village, as well as gameplay footage and, quote, much more. Though we have yet to receive a proper release date, we may hear more about that during the live stream on the 21st. Likewise, we may hear more about a closed beta mystery title that is now taking applicants. Capcom says that this mystery title and its closed beta inclusion is in celebration of the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil. Those with PS4 or Xbox One can apply to participate in the beta by visiting the Resident Evil official website. The Polish Office of Completion and Consumer Protection, try saying that five times fast, has opened an investigation into CD Projekt Red and their console release of Cyberpunk 2077. This is according to PC Gamer, who says that they have confirmed that the agency will be keeping an eye on CD Projekt Red's efforts to improve the playability of the game on consoles. The focus comes after a largely dismal release on PS4 and Xbox One editions. Players reported near, if not totally unplayable versions of the games on those consoles, so much so that Sony removed the game from the PlayStation Store. There is also a class action lawsuit filed in the U.S. citing the claim made by CEO Adam Kaczynski that said that the game ran, quote, surprisingly well on now last-gen consoles, weeks before the game's actual release. If the Polish agency finds that CD Projekt Red is not doing or has not done enough to make the game playable, they could face a fine of up to 10% of its annual revenue. Awesome Games Done... Wow. Hmm. Awesome Games Done Quick has just wrapped up and has raised nearly $2.8 million for the Prevention of Cancer Foundation, or Prevent Cancer Foundation, excuse me, with 42,076 separate donations. 
Despite being totally online this year uh, due to the pandemic, the speedrunning charity event still managed to beat out last year's total for Awesome Games Done Quick. If you missed AGDQ this year, you can happily look forward to the next big speedrunning event with Summer Games Done Quick. More details on that later in the year. The release of a new Pokemon Snap game will finally come about. The brand new Switch version for the game will be released on April 30th, 2021, much like the original, which released in 1999 for the Nintendo 64. Players will take a tour of various locations in order to take pictures and survey Pokemon. At the time of Pokemon Snap's release, there were only 63 out of the first generation's 151 Pokemon in the game. This time around, while it is hard to tell exactly how much of each generation are present, it is clear that the game takes a few from each generation, reaching back to the previously mentioned first generation as well. Again, you will be able to play the game on April 30th, 2021, and it is now available for pre-order. And finally, if you've ever wondered what it would be like to lust after a can of soda, well, wonder no longer. A game designer by the name of Sean Oxpring has come out with a new free video game called Only Cans Thirst Date. In Only Cans, you are in charge of photography for 29 different cans. Each can has a backstory, likes and dislikes, and are even fully voiced to provide you with an ex immersive experience that anyone can drink up and enjoy. Again, you can play Only Cans for free by visiting oxyoxspring.itch.io slash onlycans. And I will certainly be linking that in the show notes because <laughs> I, ha I have to play it. Like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, but those are the headlines for this week. As always, if you have anything else you want to talk about, feel free to hit me up at Gaming on Twitter or, or at WKCooldown on Twitter. Please and thank you. Uh, so you heard two voices. Um, you've heard them before. They've been here before. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, uh, gentle thems, please welcome uh, Sam and Carol. Hey. Carl. Hey. Hello. I always I read it phonetically and I <laughs> You know what? It's fine. It's, I do it's, it all the time. As long as it's not malicious, I'm always happy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, what you guys were on for? The, oh man, was it the three the the anniversary episode? Yeah, I think so yeah, it was yeah. And look where we are now. Yeah, one of my personal favorites, honestly. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, as it should be. Yeah, features your voice, of course, of course. Um, so of course we have to ask and we have to we have to know. Um, what have you guys been been playing this week? Whew. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh. I can start. Um, yeah. So uh, this week, actually, the funny thing is, last time that I was here, I was speedrunning Little Nightmares. And mm. then uh, shortly after that episode, I put it down. And then on Monday, I picked it up again. <laughs> so wow. I think, like, it's your fault. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> prophecy. Yeah. The prophecy for sure. is foretold. Uh, so I, I've been doing that and some, like, practice off stream and then mm. uh, speedruns on Mondays and Thursdays on stream and doing real bad and yelling at it very loudly. <laughs> uh, and then I've also just been sucked into satisfactory. Uh, mm. And it's, 
to those of you who have somehow missed it, it's a survival game where you don't actually have to survive, but you do have to put things on conveyor belts and then make them very pretty. <laughs> uh, and that's all I want to do ever. And I dream about it and I have mm-hmm. conveyor belts running through my mind at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is be a, a <laughs> one of those fact you want to be. No, what is it? It was um, that episode of I Love Lucy where they're it's, putting, put, it's putting exactly the like together. that, but I'm putting motors in my mouth instead <laughs> <laughs> and putting them in your pockets, trying to, uh, you know, speed it up. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We love that. Uh, Carl, what are you, what are you up to? Uh, so, uh, yeah, little, little bit of a theme, uh, going for me with a couple of the games I've, uh, I've been, uh, kicking around. Uh, so one is I'm actually going to be starting up another playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077. Did a little bit of that recently. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was very curious to see after the very rough launch how the last month of hot fixes um, is going to reflect on the the state of the game. Um, I have a PC copy, so I really didn't have terrible issues uh playing through it the first time uh mm-hmm. but very very curious to see you know what might have changed and, and how polished it's looking i'm hoping it ends up like a witcher 3 situation where you know in a few months it'll be <laughs> yeah maybe even more than a few months probably if it's <laughs> witcher 3 uh it'll it'll uh, you know be really robust there but uh yeah just kind of curious to see how the how cd project red's commitment uh yeah words of commitment match up to the reality of it and then yeah. um Another one is uh, just recently got some phasmophobia in. Um, that one's also mm. seen a little bit of a graphical facelift, so that was kind of an interesting uh, thing to compare against. But yeah, that's that's been it. Perfect. So you've got <laughs> so you've got cyberpunk on one end and like VR scary time on the other. End. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very very different vibes, but you know, I do think that it's worth noting that. Uh, we did try VR for phasmophobia, and uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Too much. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. Um, I don't have a, anything VR myself, but um, I considered it because I love Resident Evil, and I thought mm-hmm. like I love Resident Evil Seven. It was a very good game. It was very scary, and I was like, okay, well, how, you know, maybe I could do it in VR someday. But then I thought like, can I even handle VR? I haven't even. <laughs> I haven't even put on the headset yet. I don't know what it's like. I don't know how I will experience VR. Do I really want to jump into Resident Evil 7 yeah. as my first VR game? And I was like, no, no. I, guess I will not. absolutely say that if uh, it requires movement at all, it makes me sick. Yeah. Uh, the worst absolutely has been Subnautica. Oh my God. No, Because no it's I also even... 3D movement. Uh, yeah, I, I could not handle that. I, that game has everything that I fear about video games in it, like oh. deep water, random aquatic creatures, random creatures in general, and then like me having to gather. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is that. like it's not um, you. You don't have that weird like inflated sense of empowerment from having a weapon since it's not oh, a combat oh, game, which is like that's the ooh. worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me kill these whales. <laughs> I I I. I have said it before and I'll say it again. Any like video game that has like even a little bit of scary to it and does not equip me with a weapon, I will not play. For sure. <laughs> I have not played Amnesia the Dark Descent or any 
iteration thereof because it does not give me a weapon. Yeah. My weapon against the darkness is the light. No, thank you. Give me gun. <laughs> so metaphorical. Give me knife. Plus, if you can't carve your name into the back of a manatee or the name of your favorite president, what's the point? Oh. <laughs> Oof. Oh. Oof. Too much? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're jumping ahead, aren't we? Incredibly <laughs> topical. Um... <laughs> We will certainly get to some of that later. Um, but we ha- I have a question. I have yeah. a question. Uh, since you both do streaming from time to time, I figured out just before recording this sh- show <laughs> that I am kind of a bad um, stream participant. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I, by that I mean I'm I'm the kind of person unless you put like me in front of you and I am able to like vocalize with you. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person who does not speak unless spoken to, or unless I have something really prescient to say, like I don't say it. So you're talking um, about as audience. Yes. As, as like a, as like a participant of a, of a person's stream. Sure. So I asked this on Twitter and I want to pose it to you too as well. Um, how do you participate in a stream? What do you expect when people join your stream? And what is a good participant? Ooh, uh, I can probably, <laughs> for me, uh, I can start with the last of those questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd say there's a very fine line between, uh, and I think like intentions are a huge part of this, but uh, there's a very fine line between going in and talking about the game that a streamer is playing and backseat gaming for them. Mm-hmm. Um it can sometimes get very blurred uh, depending on the game itself. And we could probably talk endlessly about that and lose a lot of uh, listeners for you. So I don't want to do that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I'd say like, as far as like audience etiquette, I think it's very important to like get a good sense of how comfortable the streamer is and how comfortable the community that's around the streamer is to, um, you know, surrounding all of that stuff before really diving in, because I think it's very easy for um, someone to try and like basically hijack a stream with, with their, uh, with backseat gaming. I've seen it happen before. It's not pleasant. Um, And, you know, and like, we're all, we're all nerds. So, you know, if it were one of us streaming, like it would be hard to just like smack that down necessarily. uh, Cause you also don't want to alienate people, but there's like a lot of weird emotional intelligence that's involved in something where it's literally someone, communicating via text with someone who also can't see their face or right like that. yeah so I, I definitely understand like the, the very intense difficulty of that but um as far as like what works i think um uh, you know sometimes it's i totally am fine with the idea of someone coming in and like lurking for a little bit to get a mm-hmm. sense for the the vibe of people in the stream and then um i think there's a little bit of uh, work on the streamers part to also give people things to talk about that are not necessarily sure. just the game. I think some of the best communities I've been part of have really, uh, you know, the, the streamer has been very sociable and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be like charismatic, but like, you know, engaging chat is always a good thing. So, uh, it's a little bit like improv, you know? Yes. And improv. Yes. Yeah. And everybody, <laughs> yes, I don't know about that, but, yes and me, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, the most important thing that you can do as a viewer of a Twitch stream is just uh, being in the Twitch stream with the sound on, <laughs> yeah. um, honestly. Sure. Uh, number one, because you'll get to know the vibe of the chat, and then you'll figure out very quickly whether you fit that vibe or not. Um, and just because, like, I, I lurk on probably 90% of the streams that I watch. Uh, okay. Just because, like, 
eh, the chat's not for me. Maybe I don't even have that chat open. <laughs> uh, but I, I like the gameplay. I like the skill. I like the personality, whatever it is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But like uh, speaking like from the most mercenary of points of view, uh, just having people in the stream is a huge confidence boost because streamers see their average viewers at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they've only had like two people talking, but they have an average of seven people in the stream, like that feels good. Um, okay. Uh, I, I will say that like uh, there are some things that you should not do, like uh, complain that the view or the streamer didn't read your thing that you wrote. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, even I know this, but <laughs> right. I, uh, but I mean, cause there's a whole lot of reasons why that may be, they might not have seen it or they might've seen it and said, I'm not going to say that out loud, uh, right. or whatever it is. But, um, I, I mean, honestly, like there's no wrong way to watch Twitch. Uh, no, hold on. Stop. Uh, there are wrong ways to watch Twitch. There's no wrong way to do it, uh, through ignorance. <laughs> Mm-hmm. there you go okay yeah and i think like community by community it'll be context dependent too you know if something doesn't work yeah. for you you don't necessarily like sam said have to engage with the chat part at all um and sometimes lightning will strike and sometimes it won't so yeah and also like everybody's tastes are way different so mm-hmm. uh all of your friends may love uh you know gun guy 47 Uh, And then when you go into his stream, you're like, oh, no, this guy is the worst, you know? Yes. And that doesn't mean that your friends are wrong. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's just personal taste. Right. Missed opportunity, by the way. Gun guy 69. Oh, Um, sorry. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. Thank you for your words. Maybe I will will stop lurking with the sound on because I do do that at least. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But maybe I'll stop looking and uh, uh, try harder to be a Twitch stream participant. There you go. That's the All goal. Caps. All <laughs> caps. Exclamation point. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with more show. Take Up Space podcast is where we discuss self-awareness and growth while learning to advocate for ourselves. There are many instances where we shrink ourselves to make the people in our world feel comfortable at the expense of our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and voice. Join us every Tuesday on YouTube and wherever podcasts are found for new episodes. We also go live on Facebook and YouTube on Thursdays. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Take Up Space Pod for more info. That's Take Up Space P-O-D. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Mike, the storyteller for Tales of Asperon. On this clear night, you find yourself at a makeshift camp within the White Leaf Wood. Beside you, an older gentleman sits on a log with a book, writing of its own accord. The light from the stellar rings surrounding the planet bring a pleasant glow to this person's scarred face. This story is about four young folks who cross paths in the simple town of Homestead, on the frontiers of Asperon. Together, these kids save a poisoned man on the street, believing him to be a hero of sorts. Little did they know, this kindness would unravel their lives into a heap of trouble. You see, Asperon is filled with danger. The Hearthlands will melt your body to its very bones and titanic beasts roam the jungles and forests. Though the frontier is the worst of all. It has no kings, queens, or country. Just people. People who will take whatever they want. The frontier, well, it's where heroes are forged. And I hope these kids have what it takes to make it through the fire. 
Hello, adventurers. If you enjoyed that preview of our 5th edition Real Play podcast, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. You can also find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and most of the other free podcasting apps. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. So, we've got news. Yes, we do. Um, not going to finish that. So, uh-huh. we've got some news out of Twitch this week. Some news out of the ESA, which is the... Uh, ooh, let me get this right. Hang on. It is the Entertainment Software Association, which is um, also the people who... Uh, helps uh, get E3 started, if I'm not mistaken. So, those people. Um, and we've got some news from EA as well. So, lots of lots of E's, lots of A's, um, some Twitch in there. <laughs> We're going to get started with Twitch uh, to start with. So, um, after uh, the events at the Capitol this week, or last week, I should say, uh, now on January 6th, which was my birthday, uh, <laughs> speaking of which, I spent, <laughs> I spent my birthday building a desk and listening to C-SPAN because <laughs> it was truly that kind of day. Um, but after the events of the Capitol last week, we saw uh, lots of people coming out of the woodworks with uh, their opinions on what happened at the Capitol last week, including one Ryan Gutex Gutierrez, who is a rather well-known Trump supporter, um, who decided to tweet about the quote-unquote MAGA martyr, uh, which is referring to the uh, woman who died by gunshot uh, at the Capitol last week. Um, and in response, many people were not happy, not happy about that, including Twitch, who decided to remove PogChamp. Uh, that is the emote with the aforementioned Gutex Gutierrez uh, doing the like weird O face when he looks really surprised. Mm-hmm. Um as as most of you know, you you've probably called someone poggers in the last twenty minutes, um, so that's cool. <laughs> um, um, but yes, so Twitch has removed PogChamp, um, and instead they have decided to allow one uh, person from the community a day uh, to become the new quote unquote PogChamp emote. Um, and it's it's not looking good. So um, <laughs> it started out as kind of a wholesome kind of idea. Um, you know, uh, there were a lot of people calling for the removal of the Gutex version. And then, you know, Twitch took it from there and said, okay, well, we'll start putting people up, you know, kind of randomly. Um, and most recently, um, as of, I think, Monday... Uh, we saw a critical bard go up as one of the faces of PogChamp. Um, and, uh, then the racists came out. <laughs> oh, no. Well, oh. so, uh, this, this may surprise you to know, but I have opinions on this. Oh. <laughs> Imagine no, so, that. So Twitch did what they always do. And they uh, had what they thought was a very good idea, and then they rolled it out without thinking about consequences at all. Sure. Um, so PogChamp was the number five Twitch uh, emote. 
mm-hmm. everybody uses it. Everybody knows it. Like it's it's everywhere. So uh, whenever they were just going to remove it, there was a huge backlash from people saying, basically, how will we communicate? <laughs> like it's like oh, removing that... smiling from your your face, right. you know. Um, so uh, what they did uh, was to uh, switch from a person who has had many issues like this before to mm-hmm. people from traditionally marginalized communities. Um, and, uh, I mean, exclusively that sort of person. Uh, mm-hmm. But maybe doing that as a result of a very racist attack on the Capitol uh, <laughs> was going to have some unforeseen consequences. Sure. Uh so, I mean, yeah, like, the worst of people did the worst of things, as they have been. Uh, mm-hmm. Every one of these people has been uh, pretty massively uh, harassed, uh, mm. even, you know, after uh, <laughs> they're no longer the face. And also, uh, Gutierrez got, like, $50,000 a year for merch based yes. on his face. And, yes. And uh, none of these people are. <laughs> right. So... so- like, Actually, I'd like to pause on that for a moment, and I'd like to let that sink in a little bit, because when I read that part of the story in general, um, or, or uh, like, you know, like, at all, I was, I was pissed, like, beyond pissed, um, because it doesn't make any, <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> right. It just doesn't. Um, so, yes, uh, Gutex went from hating the PogChamp emote to loving it uh, somewhere between like 20 i want to say maybe 2016 to like 2018 he like hated it but then all of a sudden he loved it and that is because the revenue he was getting from twitch again added up to 50,000 a year since i believe 2018 um so for the past 2 years he's made more money than me doing <laughs> A goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, I hate it. <laughs> Makes uh, it's like me a mad. Ad- advertising landlord situation, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. and and on on top of that, like recognizing who Gutex is slash was, um, and and then knowing on top of that he was making money off an emote he previously hated. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks, universe. I I really feel loved here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's. I, I think one of the things you mentioned too is, you know, this is. It's not like he out of nowhere came out, you know, supporting something really dangerous to the underpinnings of our democracy. Uh, there was a lot of like really problematic behavior for a long time, but yes. again, like, you know, it, it's it's interesting the the cynical decision making that goes into like ignoring those problems uh but i think it's in a way heartening that so much of the gaming community is willing to speak up against it now compared to even thinking about where things were like you know five years ago ten years ago like when i was a kid like right uh so 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 there's like a heartening element to me about the um yeah the community and how it speaks out against it granted the backlashes against this stuff are not great either. Uh, and no. I think it speaks to like, as Sam said, not really thinking through what you're doing and also not really, you know, not really creating ways to like protect the people that you're kind of leaving. You're kind of putting out on a limb without any risk to yourself as an organization, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that was something that was really, yeah, kind of alarming to me. 
This also comes like on the heels of them just recently having changed their policies on like hate speech in Twitch. So I, I was going to mention that because um, one of the things that came as a result of that was there was a lot of transphobic behavior that was mm. uh, one of the things they were specifically trying to address with that. And uh, one of the requests from many trans streamers was there's already an LGBTQ, um, I, th- I think that's the full uh, tag that they have. Um, mm-hmm. but either way, there's, there's already a tag for that, but they asked for a trans specific one so that trans creators could find each other and support each other very easily. Uh, and Twitch's reason for not doing that was because it would make it easier to find those people to harass them. Uh, and then they made a global emote, <laughs> uh, making it very easy to find people who, you know, uh, they were putting opposed to someone speaking out for Trump. Uh, Right. Yeah. Uh, It's it's just missing the mark, for sure. Yeah. Ugh. I most certainly agree. And, um, I gotta say, Twitch is, like, ruler of missing the mark lately. Um, (laughs) and I I truly wish that someone would just kind of get together over there, man. Just yeah, well, you think about it, and, like, all the complaints we've had about, let's say, like, Facebook or Twitter or other platforms, like, not doing mm-hmm. enough to deplatform, like, hate speech or just general harassment and things like that. And in Twitch, you have this added layer, uh, or maybe removed layer, there's there's less of a filter because these are live streams, right? Right. Um, so there's even less ability to, like, monitor things in the moment. So you would think there would be a lot more consideration Oop. around, you know, just <laughs> how do we stop this kind of behavior, especially now with, like the amount of politicians who are getting involved in Twitch streams, you know, like, um, what was it, like, AOC's uh, Among Us, like, the first yes. stream was still, like, in the top three streams of all time or something like right. that. Yeah. Um, like, it's clearly a more mainstream thing, <laughs> to, you know, uh, in my very uh, uneducated uh, terminology there uh, than it ever has been before. And it's, like, I feel like every time another one of these marks is missed, it's more alarming that they're apparently not really thinking about it too much or maybe like adopting a wait and see approach that we've kind of seen doesn't really work that well uh right so that's kind of the the scary thing but i think you know that's it's going to be something that we all look at for a long time because twitch however you feel about it is like a huge part of the ecosystem so yeah i uh i kind of feel like there is a a disconnect with uh the people making decisions i think that yes I have a strong feeling that people uh, with the global emote uh, buttons, I guess, um, the authority to do global emotes, uh, don't talk to the rest of Twitch in general. (laughs) Um, I I, I was telling Jace uh, before we got on here, um, I'm I'm a member of the Kaizo Mario community. Uh, I love it. Uh, There is a very prominent streamer named GlitchCat7. you may have noticed during GlitchCon, a new global emote came out called GlitchCat, uh, which means this person who has been partnered for, I think, five years, uh, no one can say his name anymore without it turning to a stupid cartoon cat. Uh, yeah. it's, it's terrible. And like he very visibly and audibly was like, hey, this isn't cool. Can we do something about this? And his partner liaison said, no, <laughs> like there's nothing we could do. Uh, and which is like, 
that that can't be true <laughs> right absolutely and and i mean it's all of a sudden this person found out overnight that he needed to either rebrand everything or recognize that no one can say his name anymore <laughs> and like that's i not a fan twitch <laughs> yeah yeah doesn't feel good does not feel good no comedy jc mo please i'll never i'll never bounce back <laughs> i'll yeah, never it's, bounce it's, back it's gonna be interesting seeing how much deflection there is onto the users and yeah you know we they, heard these arguments from other platforms and said no that doesn't make sense so like some some of their uh like first tweets uh since critical bard has been speaking out was like tune into our uh policy review on learn about our policies and it's like you guys don't know you right. you're the problem it's not <laughs> us yeah we've read the policies thank you we made we them made and them we know them <laughs> yes you guys however screw you come read and all of the like controversies as a result of their new policies have been someone saying something in the heat of the moment that they didn't think through the rest of the sentence Right, like there was the the issue where they said they were banning the words uh, "simp" and what was it? "Simp," "virgin," and uh, "incel." Incel, yes, uh, because comments about someone's uh, sexual experience used as harassment can be very harmful. And what she obviously meant was, if you're using it to make fun of someone, like that's not allowed, just like any other word like that. Not everybody joking about someone being a simp you know right <laughs> yeah right those I, are also again, words where like i i generally if if there's even a, a whiff of someone not using those um uh i don't know like really jokingly and that's also kind of a weird line too but like yeah. anyone who's be, like assigning any level of seriousness to that you're like ooh, this is not good by yeah. the way Incel is self-described. I right. said this. I said this once before on this show. That is a self-described title. Like, if anyone calls themselves that, that that's not on me. That's them. They right. did it. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like Twitch's point wasn't if you call yourself an incel, that's not allowed. Uh, in fact, they said like reclaiming a slur is oh, totally allowed fine. Uh, reclaim incel well <laughs> they weren't talking about incel they were talking about specific other slurs you know sure uh, no, with a long history of reclamation but uh um the <laughs> yeah also like who calls someone a virgin as an insult <laughs> yeah <laughs> hello where do we live <laughs> it's very it's very um it's very toxic masculine behavior, honestly. Yeah. What, what is the reality in which, like, I, I can kind of understand virgin because, like, that's specifically going after someone's, like, quote-unquote sexual behaviors. And it's like, fine, I get it. But, mm -hmm. like, incel? That's not, that's not the same thing. It's not. Right. <laughs> it's two, it's, like, two different, very nuanced things. And if I call someone an incel, they deserve it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on from PogChamp's shit because I can't. I think Pog should be canceled. I just, <laughs> just throw it in the garbage. It's always been dumb, uh, first off. Yeah, just throw it away. Just put it in the trash. It was trash to begin with, and the, the dude's trash. Trash. Throw it away. Um, 
Okay, we're going to move on to the ESA because the ESA has announced that it will pause contributions made by its political advisory committee after the coup at the U.S. Capitol. Um, so once again, another Capitol-based story, um, largely because it's it's not going away. It's going to be the biggest story for like the next six months, probably. Um, but the ESA, um, again, the people who have cre- uh, basically created E3. They also have a political organization uh, where where they have a PAC that has contributed to um, both Democrats and Republicans, although fascinatingly contributed more to Republicans than Democrats. How? How? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, in any case, um, they have decided to stop that. Um, apparently, you can't trust the people you donate to i guess so they are no longer uh doing that um the article i've taken this from from pc gamer um also says that uh they were kind of created as a political organization um in response to the video games rating act of 1994 so they've been around um for almost as long as i have um (laughs) Uh, in the years since, they've backed anti-piracy legislation, um, filed several million uh, like DMCA takedown notices, um, and so on and so forth. Um, so they're they're pretty influential. Um, they they clearly have some sway, and they have plenty of money to throw around if you're giving it to Republicans. So <laughs> I mean, this is it. It, it shows that. Um, you know, it's not just the big, the, the the bigger donors you probably think of who are pretty upset about what happened at the Capitol, but also, like video game orgs, we're not, we're not a, uh, we're not excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think there's really much more to say about this story. It's, I mean, it's an interesting back to back with the Twitch story, right? Because you have sure. a much more um, politically involved organization that seems to have a better um grasp on how to respond to major <laughs> <Sure>. um major <laughs> national issues than uh than you know a platform like twitch and I, I guess there is a certain uh luxury they have of being able to like so much of this is behind the scenes that they can just make that announcement and look good um two things we or right, well a couple of things i'm curious about but the, the the top one is they've said they're like pausing to reflect so they're not really actually committing to anything right now uh yeah. which is like a very politician-y thing to do very um you know um uh oh my gosh lobbyists that was the word i was searching mm-hmm. for oh, so yeah. long uh, but the other thing is like they've actually been really um wishy-washy on like video games in general especially during like the trump administration because they they were really opposed to the um uh, the travel ban when uh, when the Trump administration tried to implement that for Muslim majority countries, um, mm. or well specific ones that you know his administration didn't like, uh, and that was of course you know business related because you want to make sure, sure. That you have talent that you can bring in with visas and stuff. But then like they immediately pivoted to like offer praise for the tax plan, so they have not shied away from like really getting into the politics of all of this. Yeah. Um, but then also yeah, it's it's so it's very strange like seeing their. Um, their stances on like foreign policy versus domestic policy and like how the ESA interacts with that. So uh, yeah, there, there's a certain level too of that where I was thinking, you know, the way that I'm glad that the community is evolving in ways where people are able to actually call this stuff out because it's feeling more mainstream. And I think mm-hmm. maybe the, the ESA is a reflection of that as well. If they're like, we know we need to get ahead of this uh, in this case, at least again, 
not thrilled that it took this to like offer a proper condemnation, but uh, right. you know, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a reminder that like, it's becoming a bigger and bigger force just in like, you know, as mainstream entertainment. So curious. Right. $90 billion to the U S economy alone. Yeah. Video games. It's, uh, What's interesting is that their their contributions are it says between five hundred and twenty five hundred dollars per uh, representative, which is like not a lot of money in the grand scheme of <laughs> no. things. But it, but it's interesting that it's a a symbolic stand, I guess, and everybody else is doing it too. So it's an easy look like the good guy thing. I think they also know exactly who to give that money to. For example, Kevin McCarthy. Mm. Uh, which I believe is the uh, House, uh, like fourth top Republican or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he he's been on the floor um, recently doing all of his uh, speeches about why we shouldn't impeach uh, Donald Trump. But um, you know, it 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 shows that they're not just kind of like. Here you go, kids. You know, give us what we want. They're they're going to like the top, you know, people who are like, okay, so here's five hundred dollars for you, and maybe there's another five hundred in it for you later, <laughs> if you pass that legislation. All right, see you later. Gonna go talk to a Democrat. Right. Yeah, and it's very like put in enough money to get a seat at whatever fundraiser you know mm-hmm. you get to go to, and then you get FaceTime with the politician, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of like. Yeah, a lot of off the book stuff that ends up getting involved in that too. So it's curious. Can can I read the worst sentence from this PC Gamer article? Oh my sure. gosh, please do. Uh, during several previous elections, the ESA PAC contributed more to Republicans than Democrats. The 2020 election cycle marked a swing in the other direction, with 56.52% of its contributions going to Democrats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, landslide. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mandate. Uh, they, uh, no, no good no good <laughs> it's it certainly took them a while to to get there again established in 94 so i was two when they were established I'm, I'm and i knew i out. knew where i stood when i was two trust me what is the strategy here like that's not that's not yeah. their base right <laughs> like i i mean you i to be fair, it could be there was someone who stormed the Capitol last yeah. week with a Witcher tattoo on his on his uh, on his and, hand, and the dishonored tattoo that they said was an Antifa symbol. Right, the dishonored. <laughs> that's what it was. Yes, he, right. He is the they thought it was a. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they thought it was a hammer and sickle, and they said, Oof. "Look, it's Antifa socialism." And everyone was like, no, 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 that's from Dishonored. Can I shamefully admit I almost got that tattoo? Not on my hand. <laughs> it's a cool tattoo. Yeah, it is a cool a tattoo. <laughs> it is a great symbol. You should have done it. But um, no, I mean, for what it's worth, the, the, the I shouldn't say that. I'm not supposed to say that phrase anymore. Apparently I say it too much, but anyway. Um, you know, kind of kind of as it stands, um, the... The people who seem to play video games, who come to your stream and, you know, talk a whole lot of smack are people on the right, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, they, 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 they align with these people on the right as well. So, I mean, if maybe the ESA knows exactly who their audience is and <laughs> only is... recently have decided, you know what, maybe not, <laughs> maybe no more. Point. 
Actually, um, I'm, I'm going to take a moment to address all of your fight far right listeners uh, that you have. Um, <laughs> all of them. All of them. Uh, hey, hey, Steve. Can, can you stop making me uh, actually moderate streams that I'm a moderator in? Because like, yeah. if you would just shut up, I would never have to do anything and I could enjoy it like everybody else. Yeah. Also, go. stop like tweeting ever because i mean there's more important things but like specifically for me could you help me out yes also i like i have a tendency to go after people on twitter i don't want to do that anymore i'm (laughs) sick of it i'm sick of you stop it (laughs) free me from this prison yes I'm trying to turn a new leaf in 2021, and here you are talking about how every country had slavery. I don't give a fuck what every country did. (laughs) (laughs) Everything has changed, damn it. I don't care. Really, if you think about it, Antifa and the Proud Boys are the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Really, if you think about it. That was the last one I had to deal with. (laughs) This is where we had to take our hard pivot, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Hey, have you considered attracting more far-right listeners? No. Okay, just never once crossed my mind. Just temperature checking, just seeing where we are. Yeah, yeah. And we did not ever do it. <laughs> not, not sure it's something I can do. Um, <laughs> That's I'll leave, that, I'll leave that to the Joe Rogans of the world. But yeah. You know. mm-hmm. So that's the ESA. Um, this was a video games related uh, uh, conversation. Um, yeah, no <laughs> politics. Moving on to something a little more focused, a little bit more focused. Um, EA no longer has license to Star Wars. That's it. It's over. Um, because Disney now wants all their games back. Um, <laughs> so around 2012, I believe, uh, Disney dropped $4 billion to acquire Lucas Films and also Lucas Arts, which created video games for the Star Wars universe and other Lucas Film related, uh, 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 projects, IPs. Um, however, in April 2013, they decided no more of that, I guess, and just, uh, got rid of LucasArts um, and basically made an exclusive deal with EA uh, to only make their Star Wars games. Um, as of, I want to say, a couple days ago, three days ago or so, uh, Lucasfilm Games is back. Um, it is no longer LucasArts, it is Lucasfilm Games, um, owned by Disney. And they said, no more for you, EA, we want our Star Wars back. Um, and so now we have two games on the horizon, um, produced by Lucasfilm Games, um, with studios such as Bethesda and Ubisoft working on these titles. Um, so far the ones we know about, um, are a, like a Star Wars open world game. Is that what it is? Yeah. Cool Star Wars open world game. We don't know what it's called yet. We just know that it is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have the Indiana Jones video game. Um, being made by the Wolfenstein Studio Machine Games, which is under Bethesda's uh, banner. So, uh, a lot of interesting things happening <laughs> in the world of Lucasfilm's games. <laughs> uh, I'm very hopeful that uh, that the new Star Wars games coming out will be Star Wars games and not another game with a Star Wars skin like EA did from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Like it, it would be very fun to have games that feel very Star Warsy, and Disney does that. Uh, 
this feels right thing better than they do this is good uh, <laughs> sure and i'm i'm very hopeful for that and also like maybe we'll get a good indiana jones game for once <laughs> So what are have we? This is the only Indiana Jones games I know are Lego based. Are uh, there other ones? So when Indiana Jones movies were being made, there were several video games that mm -hmm. uh, came out at the same time, and uh, they were either like Pitfall clones or oh. uh, bizarre like three D, uh, um, like third person shooters almost. Um, like almost Tomb Raider, um, and none of them were good. Is the thing? Yeah, uh, they were all very bad. Yeah, I was not a real big fan. I, I guess I was thinking back to like the Lucas Arts, like old school days, um, and it was interesting because they didn't have the Star Wars license at first. I think Atari did, hmm. um, and so for the first several years of uh, Lucas Lucas Arts' existence, they had to pivot to other franchises. So Indiana Jones is one of them, not one I remember. Uh, but then you think about like Full Throttle and The Dig and Sam and Max, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of like really well regarded like point and click adventures uh, from that era are a direct result of like Lucas Arts kind of taking big swings. So uh, that's exciting. But also I'm like this probably is not any of the same people, you know? So uh, for sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Spiritual successors sometimes uh, can can do their their thing right. Uh, Certainly, right? Yeah, I'm curious about the two games because I know I think they said yeah. There's the the big open world one, which a lot of people are saying will probably end up being based on like Ubisoft's experience uh, or Ubisoft's experience. Uh, you know, some sort of a multiplayer thing potentially. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see a multiplayer shooter that's not just Battlefront. <laughs> um, sure. So, yeah. And then I, I will have to say credit where credit is due. I did actually really enjoy Star Wars Squadrons. Mm -hmm. um, but it also felt like it felt good. I have not really had a chance to put the multiplayer through its paces uh, very much. Um, but it also felt like in a weird way, like too little too late. <laughs> I don't know. The, realizing that EA has had the license since 2013 and like, uh, Jedi order and squadrons are the only things that I can really recommend from this era is very right. odd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just weird because I think about like growing up and like the amount of star Wars games that just were around and you know, some of them were awful. <laughs> it's, uh, like I was not a huge racer. fan of the re the reskin of age of empires oh, for yeah. star right. Wars. Uh, not my favorite. But, um, what was it called? Uh, Fallen Empire. No, not Fallen Empire. Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Yes. Fallen mm -hmm. Order was very fun, but uh, you could have changed the lightsaber into a sword, and it would have been exactly the same. <laughs> uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah. It, it just had too I, much of the, like, from software DNA in it. I think what constantly kind of makes me shy away from Star Wars games is that I, I don't know if it contributes anything to the, like, larger universe, and so I'm not sure, like, how I should interpret the story. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they keep adding, like, little wrinkles to the, to the continuum, and then these characters who you never see again, and I kind of hate that, so yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like, where do I, how do I, f where does this character fit into the 
larger like universe do they know luke skywalker do they have his number like do i how do i know how to feel about this this guy this new girl anything i think that that's part of why knights of the old republic hit so well was uh it it takes place four thousand years the entire age of the earth before uh the actual star wars movies um that was a joke by the way (laughs) i'm sorry um (laughs) I was. <laughs> um, anyway, I wasn't totally sure. I was thinking, I was like, okay, yeah, interesting, interesting. But I actually, so uh, full disclosure, I enjoyed Knights of the Old, uh, the Old Republic, but I absolutely loved the glorious mess that was Knights of the Old Republic too. Um, yeah, I know it was very buggy. I know, like, I ended up having to download like a bunch of mods to make certain things work, and there was like cut content that fans like lovingly recreated from like forensic work through the code of the game and everything, and like. It, it there were a lot of issues with it, but it was very ambitious, uh, and it, it tried to tell like a very interesting Star Wars story, and that felt to me like um, I don't know, like video games are a different medium than uh, you know than books and comics and movies, so like why not try new things? Uh, yeah, yeah. The the really cool thing about that game, uh, we're plugging this game that came out like thirty years ago, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that it uh, it was based on the uh, Dungeons and Dragons clone Star Wars role-playing game that was also very, very good. Uh, And they, like, all of the stats were the same. All of the equipment was the same. Uh, So they basically just made, like, your buddy who dungeon masters adventure. And, like, (laughs) it it hit really well. (laughs) Like, I I very much enjoyed that game. Also, uh, it was the only game on the original Xbox that used the black and white buttons in a meaningful way, uh, which can't say enough for. Hmm. Making good use of the control scheme. Gotta yeah. love it. You'll that was how you switch it. between party members. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. Uh, Disney, if you're listening, and I know you are, yeah, make sure you make a good Star Wars game that A, has a character that fits into the story, B, uh, whatever else was said. Uh, Young Earth creation. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And C, if you are uh, indeed making a original Indiana Jones uh, storyline, at least still put uh, uh, Mr. Um, Harrison Ford in the role or else no one will play it. Th- or this, that is all I have to say. Shia LaBeouf. I don't know about that. I think this is I think I'm a hard out if it's Shia LaBeouf. I think I'm a soft out if it's not uh Harrison Ford, but I'm a hard out if it's Shia LaBeouf. Fair. You, like f- full stop like not doing that. Well, he doesn't even look like he likes to go outside. <laughs> So how am I supposed to trust him to get me an artifact? Two words, nope. leather jacket. I don't know. I don't know. It's not enough. Leather whip, maybe. Leather jacket. I don't know. It's important distinction. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okie dokie. We're going to move toward the end of the show now. And as we do so, we ask that you give our listeners a recommendation. What game should they be playing or be on the lookout for? Sam, you start. Uh, okay, so I'm going to uh, make this prompt as hard on the listener as possible. Uh, 
I mentioned before that I'm very into uh, Mario ROM hacks, just very mm-hmm. difficult versions of Mario games. There is a new game that is coming out right now. Uh, it's not officially out yet, but a lot of streamers are playing early versions of it called Super Rift World 2. Uh, Super Rift World 2 is made by a streamer named... I'm, okay, I'm going to say streamer in the loosest possible sense of the word, uh, named Freakin Ha. Uh, and Freakin Ha is just one of the most brilliant designers I've ever seen. Uh, this game uses traditional Mario platforming to make obstacles that I've never even conceived of before, uh, which I, you can't usually say about this sort of game. Usually you see like, oh, that's a cool twist on something this other ROM hack did. Uh, and so much of this game is fully original, uh, which is rare. And I love it. Uh, it's very good. Um I'm not even going to recommend like specific streamers playing it. I would say just go to the Super Mario World category on Twitch and look for the name Super Riff World 2. Uh, Mm. Or I think it's just Riff World 2. Um, But like it's just so on point. And watching people who are very good at the game play this very hard game very well is some of the most entertaining stuff that I've ever had on Twitch. Um, Freakin' Hot is also a meme because he streams maybe once every six months, but people always plug... Uh, to follow freaking ha uh, that's twitch.tv under uh, slash under uh no freaking underscore ha yeah um all of those words were good words i mm-hmm, have the best mm-hmm. words uh anyway carl <laughs> hey uh i have kind of a weird one um or maybe not i don't know um i got bit in december a little bit by the like visual novel and text adventure game bug um mm. so uh I have always like been vaguely interested in like the World of Darkness various like games, uh, and I finally uh, I managed to pick up on sale uh, Vampire the Masquerade like Coteries of New York or, or Coteries. Oh. Um, yeah, it's just very like you know limited text choices, uh, and I think like fairly linear story, but it's kind of an interesting story. So uh, yeah, enjoy the character development. You're pretty much just like you've been turned into a vampire, and you got to get a vampire mm-hmm. gang together. Uh, <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's it's the I, I you know I'm I'm very into a lot of tabletop RPGs and that's one that I've kind of like dabbled with elements of um, you know it certainly has its problems uh, we won't get too much into that now but I think the game does a really good job of like presenting the world lore without um, uh, making you like dive too far into the deep end so I, I do appreciate that so yeah I guess if anyone's interested in that like that's kind of a cool way to explore it and a safe one without having to uh, interact with too many internet crazies. <laughs> internet crazies we love them yeah um all right well i'm going to recommend to you the listener a very popular game that you already have probably played and that is ghost of tsushima Mm. um i recently picked it up and upon seeing the beautiful landscape and just the beautiful graphics overall, and then how s- almost seamlessly it switches from cutscene to gameplay, and that it's almost like a like a one to one. Like the graphics don't change. Mm. I I cried a little bit. I really did because it was just that beautiful. Um, and the gameplay is really good. Um, I, I've been, I've started watching like old samurai flicks because of it. Um, yeah, it's, love it. it's all, it's worth it. It's worth it. 
all the way. Um, if you have your Sony PlayStation, like I now do flips hair, um, you can play this game. So please go play Ghost of Tsushima. There was rumors, perhaps, of a sequel. So get on it now before they blindside you. They always do that to me. It's zombies of Tsushima. Zombies of Tsushima. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, it was. A zombie samurai flick? I'm into that. I'm into it. (laughs) All right. As always, you can... Oh, wait, no. You guys got to plug first. Go plug. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sam, go first. Okay. Um, My name is Sam. Uh, I am Speed Dad on Twitch. You can find me at twitch.tv slash speed underscore dad. Those were all words. Uh we, I, I, I do, I play all sorts of things. I play uh, modified uh, old games. I play, I speed run Little Nightmares. Uh, on Wednesdays, we play Gloomhaven. On Saturdays, we have a community event called The Revolution, in which uh, we use our collective powers of friendship to fight against the dystopian present. And at the end of the night, if we haven't solved all of the world's problems yet, then we come back next week and we try it again. Heck yeah. Excellent. All right, uh, and yeah, you can you can find me at um, twitch.tv slash vulgartron. Uh, it's V-U-L-G-A-R-T-R-O-N. Uh, that's also my Instagram handle uh, and my Twitter handles. Uh, basically, me doxing myself, so I'll, and also hard to spell. So um, that'll probably come up later. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of an intermittent streamer. But um, yeah, try to try. I don't know a little bit of a social media ghost now that I'm thinking about it. But I try. I try. You know. It's it's a trying that counts. It's rare, but if you can find it, it's gold. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Well, as I was saying earlier, you can always find me on Twitter at Commodus Gaming, and you can find the weekly cooldown as well on Twitter at WK Cooldown. Uh, be sure to visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review uh, or a comment. You can't do one without the other, I guess, on <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. You got to do it. I told you to. Uh, be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our humble bundle for this week. You can support your favorite charities and support the show. Our logo and art is by Doghouse uh, Corgian on Twitter. That's D-O-G-H-O-U-S-E-C-O-R-G-I-A-N. And our intro music is done by Zach Breider of Captive Portal. That's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Carl. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.